Welcome to another episode of T. Farrell Presents, where we use testimonies and lessons learned to provide inspiration for today's Levites. I'm your host, Terrence Farrell, a.k.a. T. Farrell. And before I introduce today's guest, wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Totavite. Now, before I even go on, because I've been saying that for the last couple of episodes, just to just to be uh, fully transparent, Totavite is my company. So, you know, some people were like, well, is that your company? Is it not? It's my company. I started a Christian apparel brand and it's meant to become the go-to for wearable inspiration. What if there was an easy way to stay inspired and to inspire those around you? Something that wasn't too preachy, but still biblically sound. Let me introduce you to Totavite, a unique Christian apparel brand providing wearable inspiration that pops. Visit www.totavite.com. That's T-O-D-A-V-I-T-E.com. And find new ways to be inspired and to be an inspiration. I'm actually wearing one of the uh, designs, the latest designs that I did. It says Vision more valuable than money so it's one. if you can see that that's what's up and this is one of the this is one of the designer hoodies so we designed top to bottom back to front um on the side it says totavite so that's what's up with that so if if hoodies t-shirts um long sleeve shirts something that you're into check it out check out the website now Today's episode, I think is going to be, I think it's going to be an awesome episode today, people. Um, my special guest today is Twyla Somersell. Now, in case you don't know who Twyla is, let me just, let, let me read a little piece of her bio. I'm not reading the whole thing. But Twyla has always been musical, singing and performing since the age of four. Having a passion for teaching and sharing music with others Tyler completed her second education at Adelphi University, specializing in music education with vocal performance as her concentration. After college, Tyler quickly realized that choir directing and one-on-one teaching better suited her, better suited her teaching skills. Thus, she began teaching private voice lessons to young people and adults while directing several choirs. Twyla continues to teach voice while performing whenever she has the opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want you to help me welcome Twyla. Twyla, how you doing? Hello, I am great. I am excited to be here. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm really feeling that that I thought it was just a top, but you told me it's a whole dress. I'm feeling it is. It's, a whole, it's, a, it's a whole little dress. That's what's <laughs> up. I really like it. I think it's I think it's the bomb. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, um, we was talking offline a little bit and I just wanted to before I even jump into the questions, I was I was. And let me set this up a little bit. I was talking to a couple of people. I have a couple of people that I that I work with that come through the studio. And every now and then they talk about how they took a quote unquote fast from social media. And it's like it 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 strengthens them or gets them back um, aligned again. Yes. And I wanted to I wanted to talk about that because a lot of people, 
you know, however social media hits you, a lot of people, they have a whole negative thing with social media. And then there's another thing was like, well, you need social media. If you're going to run a business, you got to have it. You got. And then there's actually somebody that I listened to a podcast where he's like, look, the best thing I did was get off social media altogether. And my business really? soared. What is your perspective on that? Okay. So, um, Social media is important when you have a business, but not necessarily for the reasons that people think the most. So there, there's this assumption that because you're on social media, people are going to see what you're doing. They're immediately going to be like, I want to do that. I want to buy that. I want to go to that or whatever it is that you do. But honestly, what it actually is, it's almost like um, a natural unpaid commercial, you know, so you're, you're consistently posting about what you do. That's when social media works for you. If you're just on there, just posting yourself and, you know, chilling or going places, and that's how people are going to associate you. But if you consistently post things about your business and what you're doing with your business, tips, fun facts about whatever it is you're doing, then what you're doing is you're allowing people to consistently see you doing that thing that you do. So they associate you with your business. So they might not necessarily purchase or, or, or support it directly. But what happens is when they're out with their friends or their coworkers or their family members or what have you, someone brings up something. For example, for me, since I'm a vocal coach, someone will be talking and they'll say, you know, my daughter is looking for, I mean, no, my daughter's been singing a lot lately and I kind of want to invest in that. And then that person will be like, oh, you know what? Um, my friend Twyla, or there's this person in Twyla that I know, she's a vocal coach. Um, so it's not necessarily direct being on social media is going to just increase your business like that, but it's about, it's about people thinking about you first when they think about that thing that you do so that they can then share that with other people when it comes up in conversation. And you'd be surprised how often that happens. So that's really how you use social media, because the more you're on it, promoting the thing you do, or just you using it to promote the thing you do, the mm -hmm. algorithm is going to continue to put you first and continue to promote you because you're constantly using the app. So they're going to want to keep putting you where you are to make more people see you. So the more you do that and the more you're doing it focused on what you do business-wise, the more people are going to think about you whenever the, it is that something comes up in that in conversation pertaining to what you do. So I think that's the way that it has worked for me. Um, and I, I encourage people to do that. So you don't necessarily have to be on there all the time so you can get clients on social media, but you're using social media so people can see what you do and associate what you do with you. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Keep it well, yeah. stuff top top of mind. Um, exactly. But now here's and here's one of the things I struggle with. I don't know if you struggle with it. Also, I get on there to post about my business and that's where my focus is. And then okay. I get on and I go, oh, Twyla had a birthday. Oh, well, I got to say happy birthday. You know, oh, this person just got it's their anniversary. Well, I'd be a jerk if I don't say happy anniversary. And then two mm -hmm. hours later, I'm just like. Yo, why am I still on this thing? I just and I didn't even post what I got on the post. I Two hours later, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Laughing, going over stuff, going to this page. That that's that's my life. That's why I had to come off. I've now been on social media for two months. Mm. Okay. And um, that's why, because it's it's set up to make you want to constantly be on it and doing stuff on it, even if it's not the things that you're supposed to do. So I actually suggest um treating it like work. So like, if you have, if you want to post something, put like the same way, if you have a scheduled studio session with some, someone at 7 PM at this place in this time, set up, um, posting business, something from seven to eight o'clock, 
And so that's not going to be the time that you're just surfing social media. That's not going to be the time where you're just chilling and vibing on, on the app. That's specifically work-related. It's like you're treating it as work. And that's what, what works for me. But yeah, I'm guilty of that. You know, and that's why social media, taking a break from that has made me more present in my outside of social media life, like in real life. Right. You know, it's like, it just, I have more time on my hands. I check my screen time and it's like three hours on Instagram, you know, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour on Snapchat or wherever. So I just, I had to chill. I got you. I got you. So now I want to, I want to dig a little bit more into um your journey here so i i know you're doing vocal coaching you went mm-hmm. to school for for music um was there a point where you made a conscious decision to follow passion over money um, um that's a good question so for me the answer actually to that is no Um, there, that, that point never happened. I made a decision a long time ago that what my passion is, what I'm good at, what I'm, what I'm creative with Mm -hmm. is going to be the engine that makes me money, you know? And so that's what I have followed and followed and followed this whole time, which is why I've stuck to music because it's what I'm, I mean, it's literally like, I mean, I see sound, you know, Mm -hmm. in color, like the fact is that it's it's just a part of my makeup. So doing anything else to make money would just seem like I'm not doing what I'm here sent here to do. So I made the decision that like, no matter how I do it, no matter what happens, I'm going to stick to it until it's the thing that brings me what it needs to bring me financially. So that's what I did. And it's not always easy. You know, that that's a, that's a decision that takes a lot of What's the word? I actually hate this word. I, people be making up words, but stick to itiveness. You know what I'm saying? It takes <laughs> yeah, a little stick to itiveness to keep you on track. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's what I did, and so that, that's how I've been able to um, to sustain my business for so long because I just kept with it, and I was like, "Nah, this is going to be the thing that that makes me money. I'm not going to come out of this to come back in and try to figure it out." And that don't necessarily work for everyone. Right, Some people right. they, they need a they need an engine. You know, and I'm, I have a really good friend. He's the realtor that I, I bought my house with. His name is Dwayne. Um, he's the one that actually was like, Twyla, I know you're really good at what you're doing, but if you get into real estate, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you, you do this thing and you can make a lot of money and then, then you'll feel what you're doing. You'll, you use that money to kind of like build it, what it is you're trying to build. So you're not, you're not stifling your creativity by having to focus on paying bills. And, and it makes a lot of sense, you know, and that might be someone else's, um, that might be someone else's journey. That might be what someone else is supposed to do. But for me, I just know it. Like I just feel it in my spirit that God has called me to do this thing and he's going to supply all my needs while I'm doing it so that I don't have to, to move outside of whatever, what it is that I'm doing. Nice. nice. I like that. I like that. So, I mean, cause for so many people, it's tough to stick to the passion yep. once they figure it out because um, they feel like, Oh man, I need to make these coins. I need to make this money. And right now I hit a low spot, you know, or it, it, it looks like it's drying up or the forecast says your music is dying, like getting paid. Not that music itself is dying because there's always music and there's always something that's going to motivate people. But the, uh-huh. 
the way you're getting paid now seems so small till it's like, yo, I need to do something else and now make music a hobby. And they start to shift and it becomes this fight for, am I going to f- pursue money or pursue my passion? Right. Right. That, I mean, that that's, that's really the situation a lot of the time. And what I will say to that is that there are so many careers in music mm. that people don't know about. And that that's my beef with, with the college system as it pertains to being a music major. It's almost like you're either going to be a teacher, you're going to be a performer, you know what I'm saying? Um, or a musician. Um, what else? You know, you might, you might be a recording engineer, you know, um, that kind of thing. And that's it. But it's like, no, there's, there's so many different skill sets. There are people that, as we know, curate the songs for commercials, curate the songs for television shows, for movies, create the jingles for this, use this, create this music to promote with this marketing, this advertisement. Like there's so many different ways. Um, and I've, I've done so many of them too, you know, um, thanks to exposure, but I've, you know, I've been able to sing a couple songs for some commercials, you know, um, do this, do that, you know, there's so many other things you can do to make money in music. So, so it might not necessarily be specifically what you want to do at the moment musically, but you can find a job in music. I feel, I feel like it's like, um, it's like a secret. It's like the folks that have these really good jobs, Mm-hmm. They're keeping it on the hush hush. <laughs> a lot of times they're not this, okay? And yeah. so it's like they're just keeping it to themselves. And and then we're stuck trying to figure out how to do things to make money while we're trying to do music. But there are jobs out there you have to look at you have to look for, it. you have to look it up. There are plenty of opportunities that you don't have to leave music in order to make money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, I just had a couple of episodes. I had somebody on uh was talking about voiceovers. And yeah. it's just, it's a whole different world. Um, Period. It's a whole different world. And he, he got into that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig into that, but it's just, it's eye opening and the money you can make um, there and, and the process, the, the, the perspective change you have to have to start doing mm-hmm. things like that, because people think you're sitting in front of a mic all the time, but there's business that needs to happen. There's, there's marketing, there's all of that. Now, I also wanted to ask now because people get this um, uh, twisted or shifted or a lot of gray areas. And I just want to figure out your perspective on this, the difference okay. between passion and purpose, because you might have a passion for music and then find out your purpose because I, and this happened to me, it's like, yeah, I got a passion for this. And then when God revealed what my purpose is, it's like, oh, so it doesn't have to only be just this one lane period <laughs> so um i love that question and it's tricky it's it's tricky and i i i've kind i'm kind of formulating an answer and it it might make sense it might sound weird but i'm gonna say it anyway um so i feel like passion passion is like passion is like your the thing that that brings you joy to do, that brings you life. Um, it could be a skill set. Um, it could be a natural gifting. It could, it could be a, um, it could be a demographic. Um, it could, it could be so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think of passion as the vehicle and I think of 
purpose as the stops on the journey. You know what I mean? So like, like your passion is the thing that is going to bring you to your purpose and your, but your purpose is just so much bigger than just your passion, you know, and you can have multiple passions, um, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I love, I love music, but I also love writing, you know, and I realized that for me, my passion of music is bringing me towards my passion of writing and the opportunity to use it. But my purpose is just to uplift. Like my purpose is to bring people to an awareness of their, of their giftings and their power and their voice. Um, and so how I do that might change depending on where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but that's what the, that's what my purpose is. So it's almost like the purpose is kind of like, the embodied journey within the, the movement of your passion on the way. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> now I it makes it. sense in my mind. I promise. It that, that's a, that's a, <laughs> well, now what was your process in figuring out your purpose? Um, oh man, it, it's, I, I can't even talk. Of, it's almost like I've just been living. It's, it's not even like there's been like a, a set way. It's just, as I start doing things, you know, I started teaching and I, I started, I started working with groups of people. Like I was like, you know, I said, I, I used to do choir. And then all of a sudden I started kind of taking on folks one-on-one because someone would be like, Twyla, can you work with me? Like, I want to work this thing on my voice. I want to work on this song. Can you help me? And I'm like, oh, like a one-on-one lesson. I was like, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I have the training to do that. Yeah, sure. You know? And then I, I started doing that and I fell in love with it. But then I also realized the level of relationship that you build with someone when you work one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So you start to understand how that person thinks, how they exist, who, who they believe they are. And so now I'm that close to you. I can pour into you. I can, I can help you to understand how much you're more you're capable of than where you're at right now. Right. So it's like, I become, I become, I'm a vocal coach, but I become your coach. I become like your cheerleader. I become your supporter, you know? And so seeing people go from just doing these few things to like doing so many different things is that's my purpose. So it took me just doing things within my passion of music to start realizing like, Oh, so like basically I'm helping to, to um, helping to improve people's voices so that I can help them to improve their, their sharing their gifts with the world on a, you know, colossal level. So it's like, that's my purpose, but it's not only just through music. But that was, so th- that's been the avenue and it's taken me so many places like in my life, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I can't even say it's like a direct, that's how I figured out what my purpose is. It was almost like just, just following the route, doing the things I've been called to do that I've been created to do. And then like the bigger picture just started to like come into view. So I think like the purpose is like the bigger picture mm-hmm. and the passion is just like the, the, the way to get to it. Right, right. No, I'm, 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 I love the way you explained it. And I'm so glad you explained it that way because so many people, myself, I did it at at one point also. It's like, okay, I got to figure out what my purpose is before I move. And you Mm. figure out your purpose in the moving, in the doing this. You do this, you do that, and you go, okay. I, and then God gives you a little bit more light. It's like, yeah, you see how much joy you get out of helping people do that. That's what I want you to do. And it's like, 
Oh, okay. So it's helping people do that. And it's like, no, not really. It's more inspiring and you can do it. It's like, oh, so I can put it. I would have never figured that out if I didn't start. Right. The small thing he said, just do this. And it's like, okay, but what's the big picture? No, just do that right now. And I will, I will, I will enlighten you as you move. Think, think about exactly. Like, I think about it like, like elevating, right? So the more you do the things that you're supposed to be doing, the more you start like moving, you start getting higher, like a mountain, like you're climbing, but you can't see the whole landscape from the bottom. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to know? How are you, you can't, how are you going to know? You right. got to actually start moving, start elevating in what you're doing. And then you start to see, you can't see the forest from the trees, but now as you start to look, you're like, Oh, that's why. So when I did that thing over there, that's what brought me there. So you can't really see the bigger picture until you start moving upward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, I love it. I love it. Right. So much wisdom in that. So much wisdom in that. So now let me, let me ask, as, as you've gone on your journey in <laughs> outs and twists and turns, what's, I, and I'm, you can share whatever. What's one of the toughest things that God's pulled you through? And what lesson did you learn from that experience? Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Lot of mercy. (laughs) Let me see. (laughs) Um, mm, So for me, um, I've had two really life-changing, painful experiences. Mm. Um, Both of them, which for the most part were kind of out of my control. The first one was when my father passed away. I was 14 years old. He was like my hero. He was, he was the best dad ever. He had evolved to become that. I mean, my older siblings might not say the same thing, but by the time I came around, I was the youngest. He was just, I was the youngest in my household and he was, he was amazing. He had, when, and when he had passed away, he was sick. Um, and it, it changed my life forever. Mm. You know, it, it, it just, it brought so many different things into my life and it took me a long time to heal from that. Um, but that one, I was able to heal and grow. And I, I leaned on God, like, like never before, never, like never before I used to write, I used to journal from, since I was a kid, I used to journal. And I remember reading those journals, like, God, I need you today. God, every single day, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God, please tell me from since I was 14, you know? And like, the, the amount of trust and the amount of like, just where it brought me to, it brought me to a level of um, relationship with him that like, I cannot, I cannot explain. I cannot even explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the other one, which I think is the more recent one was that I had found what I thought was my life partner um, in high school. We were high school sweethearts. We have been together for 13 years um, since high school to now, um, well, to when we actually broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that person was going to be my person. I thought that that was going to be my husband. I thought we were going to have children together, all of that jazz. And it didn't happen. Um, he decided that we needed to not be together anymore. And it was a complete shock. It, it took me by surprise because I was, I thought we were on track for, a life together. Right. And that was one of the most painful, um, traumatic experiences of my life. Second only to my father passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parallel, which is crazy is like 
when my dad died, even though he was sick and he was dying for some time, I didn't know that because my family kept it from us. Um, they wanted to keep the kids from not really understanding the full level of his illness. But um, so when he died, it came as a complete shock and then he was gone. And it was the same kind of thing when, when my ex at that time just kind of ended our relationship. So it like brought on this like fear of, of being with someone, of uh, distrust, um, learning how to do things by myself, which I had, I like, I always had someone in my corner that I could pray with and I can, um, you know, run ideas by and do that kind of thing. So to now have to learn how to be an adult by myself um, was really difficult for me. And, and, you know, and also just believing that love could be beautiful again, you mm -hmm. know, that I can actually love someone wholeheartedly. That idea was like, oh, nah, I, pu I poured that into one person one time. That's it. <laughs> right, right. <I'm> good. <laughs> God is just me and you now, you know, you, you my man now, I'll be all right. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was really tough, but in so doing in that, after that experience, um, I really did learn to understand who I am by myself as a person. I got back to that relationship with God. I got back to that trust in God and also trusting in myself. Um, and that year, my business shot off the ground. Wow. It was crazy. It, it was like, the amount of time and energy I was putting into that relationship, I, I, I started to put it into myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I started to put it into what I was doing. And so my relationship shot off the ground. I mean, my business shot off the ground after the relationship ended. And um, I, I hosted my first uh, a client recital that year. Nice. Um, I, 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 got, I booked the venue. I booked all the musicians, hired and paid everybody. Okay, for what they did, got a videographer, had this whole production, sold out concert, you know, and I did that all by myself. It was my first time ever doing doing something like that. And it was a ridiculous success. And it was a reminder that, like, I got this, you know, um, so it taught me a lot of things, but it taught me that, like, even even if you're in a relationship just remember to still continue to pour into and invest in yourself. Yeah. I think, I think that's super important because we tend to get lost in relationships. And I mean, I'm sure men do it too, mm -hmm. but as women, as like nurturers, as, you know, as motherers, we, we're, we're, it's almost like we're taught to be mothers even before we're mothers. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I just wanted to lift up and nurture and pour into that person, you know, but, remembering that I am a person too. I deserve a seat at the table too. So making sure that even in a, and that was a relationship that was meant, so it could be a great relationship. Even in a great relationship still makes time to pour into yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't get lost in the relationship. So that's definitely one of the things that I've learned. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and to your point, men do go through it also. It just looks different because we're, from from the beginning, it's like you're gonna provide, you're gonna have a job, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take care of your family. So then, as mm. comes, yo, that's that's what I gotta do. And if I'm not doing that, I'm less than. And 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 so now, it could Got it. it could look like your whole mission in life is to make sure your family's good, your family is provided for. So now 
when it comes time to take care of me, it's like, no, 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 I got to make some more money because my family, you know, my wife got to eat, my kids got to have it, my kid. And then you could lose yourself in the pursuit of trying to provide. So it looks different, but it comes, it comes out to be the same thing. Got it. You're still losing it. yourself. You're still, you're still pulling away from God because it becomes, I got to. I got to do this. I got to just like you got to, you know, nurture and you got to do it. And it, it, it leaves God like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do devotion. I'm going I'm, I'm to check in with you, but I, I got to do. And that is just a, it's a bad road to go down, whether yeah. whether it's an OK relationship or a great relationship. It's still something to watch out for. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's 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 so important to to do that. And also one other thing I want to add that I learned. But I love that you said that because I needed that reminder because sometimes I do, I mean, as a woman, I tend to have a woman focused um, experience, obviously. Of course. But like, (laughs) you know, just needing that reminder, like, no, you know, with men, it's the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just I I, I love that you that you said that because now I'm going to remember that I'm going to remember to to take into account that um, that huge accountability that can be thrown on a man that that's that's very different from the way that our accountability is thrown on us as women. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I connect with that a thousand percent and I appreciate that. Um, and one, another thing I want to add that I learned about that is um, just learning how to le- learning how to be yourself mm-hmm. um, around someone else, like learning how, you know, what I, what I really learned is like learning how to um, what's the word trust, trust yourself, learning how to be yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, because after, after heartbreak, we tend to put up masks and try to protect our heart so that we don't get hurt again. But in essence, if now you're being someone different, how are you going to really find your person? Because you're now showing something that's not exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. And so what, who you're attracting is not going to be meant for you because you're not really being yourself. Right. You right. know, so so just just that understanding that like even after hurt, even after the heartache, and I think that's what the Bible meant. I think that's what Jesus meant when it said like when someone slaps you, turn the other cheek, you know, because immediately you get slapped. It's like, now nah, I'm going to protect that cheek. I'm going to protect both my cheeks. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to make sure ain't nobody touch me. I'm wearing a helmet from here on out. And it's like, nah, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. No, right. You still gotta love. You still gotta be open. You still gotta. You still gotta trust, even after someone has broken that trust, mm-hmm. or else you're gonna not be able to find who really deserves that love and who deserves that trust. Right. right. So that's definitely something else I wanted to say to make sure, like, people understand that, like, you know, you can love again the same. You don't have to now love a totally different way and have to protect yourself. It's like, nah, God's got you. Yeah, yeah. He still has your heart in his hands mm-hmm. and he will keep you safe. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's what's up. I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you 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 um shine the light on that point for real. For real. Thank you. So now um let me ask this to kind of flip to that. What's been one of your most successful moments uh mm. so far? Man. So um, a little bit of backstory. Um, I graduated from college. I was looking for a work. And, and like I said, about having different kinds of jobs in music that people don't know about, right? I had a, um, my, the dean of my school, the advisor, 
She loved me. This woman was so dope. Shout out to Adelphi University. Um, shout out to shout out to Georgia Newland. But this woman called me. I was working with adults with disabilities in a group home, just the same job I had through all throughout college, trying to pay bills, trying to make sure I could afford, you know, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And she hit me up and was like, um, Twyla, I have a friend who's looking for an academic editor and designer from McGraw Hill. McGraw Hill is switching over their musical textbooks into like digital or digitized textbooks to be able to, so kids can just go through the textbook on their iPads and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for school. And they need someone to kind of just go over the music in the textbooks, make sure it's accurate. So they need a music education major to do this. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's what's up. Yeah. And, it was crazy. So they, it's in Penn Plaza. So it's literally above 34th Street, above Penn Station, mm-hmm. this big, beautiful building, making the most money at the time I had ever made, you know, so I had just gotten that job. It was incredible. That's what I'm saying. Look it up. Look up music positions. There's so many of them and you make bread. And I was the only black person in that in that whole office. Mm. And mm-hmm. on that whole project. So that's what I'm saying. You got to you gotta really look because there are jobs. They're out there. Anyhow, so I was working that job. And, um, but while I was in college, I was looking up stuff for Guyana. My family's from Guyana. And um, there was an opportunity. Um, this guy, he was, he was, it was a white dude from Minneapolis. And he was like, I want to open a music school in Guyana. I went to Guyana and I loved it. And I was, I did some teaching there and it would be great to have a sustainable music school in Guyana. Um, and I would love to have teachers come and, and do that with me. And I was like, that sounds amazing. You know, me teaching music in the place where my family was born. Mm. Like I would love to, to go to South America and do that. So I emailed him and said, Hey, look, I know this is just a vision that you have, but if you ever are able to, to do this, please let me know. I would love to be a part of that. And so um, I got an email back from him saying, yeah, I'll let you know. And then like, this is two years later, I'm at this job at McGraw Hill, making this great money, living my best life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from that gentleman and he was like, hi, Twyla. I want to let you know, I got a huge grant to open that school in South America in Guyana. and I told you about, we got 280 instruments donated and now we just need teachers. If you're interested in volunteer teaching for a year, I would love to, um, uh, for you to fill out an application and we'll interview you. And I would love you for that position. And I was like, what? So, I mean, I, I would go from making all this money mm-hmm. to not making any, but making a huge difference in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that was that question around like sometimes choosing money, but they were both in music. I was right. I stick to music. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. But the second one was definitely more towards my purpose. Um, and so I did it. I let go of that amazing job. Wow. Okay. And um, I refinanced my house so that it would cost less money um, so that I can go away and still mm-hmm. be able to sustain. I, I got someone to rent the space while I was away. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Guyana. Yeah. And I went to Guyana and I taught and I fell in love with it. It changed my life. The person I am now, the reason I have a business, all these things came from that experience. Yeah. Let let me just see. You just you just promoted the hoodie I'm wearing right now. Vision is more valuable than money. Wow. That's what's up. 
Period. Your vision Period. is way far. It, it just, it just is. Yes. And like, it, like you said, it changed who you are from that moment on. It did. It was a pivot. I, I, I will have. I would have never been the same. It, it's, and, and it, and it just, it literally catapulted me to the things that that God has called me for. Because when I was down there, I just, I, I kept getting these dreams. I kept getting these songs in my dreams. Okay, mm-hmm. and I would wake up. And I would remember them. I would like try to play it a little bit on the, you know, piano or on the guitar, like just try to remember it, record it so that I could have it. And I mean, like God was just speaking to me so much while I was in Guyana, like, like leaving the States or specifically New York. You're right. right. um, It's like, you can just hear him better. Like, you know, like it's, there's not so much loudness. There's not so much, you know, the frenzy of the energy of New York. You know, mm-hmm. South America don't have that. It's just, it's peace. It's so much peace there, so much quiet. And I mean, I just, I got, once again, it was an opportunity for me and God to just connect um, on, a, on a deeper level. So yeah, it changed my life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I did that. But that's probably the most powerful thing. We created a community down there. We were teaching folks from age eight to age 74, Anyone in the community that wanted to learn how to either play piano, guitar, learn how to sing, mm-hmm. um, learn how to play violin, trumpet, percussion, drums, all of that. We were teaching all those things. Um, and it, it changed everything. We held concerts for the community to come and enjoy. It was magical. That, magical. That was up. That's, you know, dude, that, that, wow, that just gives, that gives me the warm and fuzzies inside right now. That's just cool. That's so cool. We, we, oh. oh man, yeah, yeah. To have the to have the the um, the boldness or the courage. Let me say courage to say I'm following this path, even though it looks like uh, financially it's, it's not the smartest thing to do. Trust, yo. Yeah, trust. And I I developed that trust. Now I'm talking about is making me emotional because. I developed that trust when I was, when I was still a kid, when I was still a teen saying, God, like my dad is gone. Please help me. Mm-hmm. You're my only father now. Like right. I need yeah. you. And just knowing like when these things came, like these opportunities came, it was like, God, it was like, he was just like, I got you. Let's go. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And I just kept trusting him. And that's why these things happen. Like, because I continue to like, just lean on him. So if, if you're willing, like it's, it reminds me of, I mean, it's cheesy, but it reminds me of when Peter was walking on the water, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, yo, just right here, right here. Just mm-hmm. keep it right here. I got, yeah, you. Yeah, I got yeah. you. And I mean, what he can do, what he can do with you and for you when you really just like lean on him, like, don't worry about what it, what's, does it make sense? Is it this? Is it that? Everybody will tell you to overanalyze stuff. But I, if I had overanalyzed all the decisions that, that God has, got his, for the things that God has presented to me, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I'm at. And I am so ridiculously blessed. Like I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of my schedule. I'm in control of my money mm-hmm. in a way that like, it came from me trusting in those moments where it didn't look like a good idea or it didn't make sense. So you got to trust, you got to trust him and you got to trust yourself. That's the only way that you make these things happen. That's, uh, 
That's wow. Wow. Period, Terrence. Period. <laughs> I'm so glad we came together and did this episode. That's just what's up. So now, all right, you got to share with people. So what you got going on now? What's next for you? I mean, let, let us know what's going on. Oh, man. Um, man. I love to say that I just know, but I know. Okay. So there are a couple of things I could, I could say for sure. Um, I am continuing to build my business and it is actually going to have even more of a social media presence. I'm excited for what I'm declaring to be thousands upon thousands upon followers that can eventually turn to hundreds of thousands of followers. And nice. I, uh-huh. I'll, I'll claim millions too. Hey. Um, <laughs> but really just pouring what I do vocally and um, helping people understand how the voice works so that they can protect their voice and take better care of it as singers. Cause a lot of singers, they know how to sing. They sing so well, but just because you sing well doesn't mean that you're doing it properly in a way that supports you being able to do it for a long term. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. My thing is to help teach you how to use the right technique, use your breath better so that you can sing for 40, 50 more years. Okay. So, so the goal is to share that even more with the world because I've been sharing it with one-on-one -on -one clients for so long. And they're like, Twyla, this is so good what you're doing. Like, like dude, put some stuff on YouTube so people can see this, put some stuff on TikTok. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. Heard you. Nice. You know, so, nice. So definitely. Yeah. So definitely more of that kind of a presence, like really giving people facts about things that, that um, improve your voice, things that, you know, things you don't want to eat or drink before singing. I mean, before singing, recording, ministering, before performing, like just, just knowing some of these things, I'm going to start to put those things out there. Um, just, just share with the world in that way. The other thing is I've been creating music. And just kind of keeping it to myself a little bit, just overthinking it and saying, you know, well, it's not ready yet. I'm not, you know, this is that. But it's time. It's time to actually put some of that music out into the universe, these songs that God has given me for so long. So I'm really excited to share um, my music. So that's actually in the works as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So what, what's the best way people can connect with you, find out what you're doing next? Okay. Awesome question. So you can, I mean, I, I, I accept friends on Facebook. My name is Twyla Summersell, T-W-Y-L-A-S-O-M-M-E-R-S-E-L-L. -L. That's Facebook. But what I use most of the time, even though I'm not on social media at the moment, but you can still go on and add me, is Twilight Joy, okay? Twilight spelled just like the books, and then J-O-I, so joy with an I, Twilight Joy. That's my Instagram that is also my, uh, <laughs> that's my TikTok. That's my Snapchat as well. So Twilight Joy is pretty much everything. Um, and uh, what else? So Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And my, my business is um, entitled For the Love of Music. Okay. For the Love of Music, New York. Nice. Okay. Um, so my business page on Instagram is For the Love of Music 86. Okay spelled just the way it sounds. Um, and so you can, with the F-O-R, not a number four. So For the Love of Music, mm -hmm. 86. And um, I believe it's the same on YouTube. Okay, so you can subscribe to my YouTube page as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to meeting some folks and connecting with you. I'm really easy to find. DM me, message me. Um, I would love to, to, to connect, to connect with folks. That's cool. That's real cool. Twyla, it's just, yeah, I, I, I love having you on. When you came through the studio, I just, I just loved you. Thank you. 
everything you know Thank it was you. just it was cool we worked together even when you, you say okay can we do this different can we do that it just i felt the spirit i mean i felt your spirit and it was it was good it was it just it was all positive all good thank you terrence you create a safe space in in your studio and that's why i said i can't wait to work with you i can't wait to send my clients your way i have clients that are always looking for a, a, a studio you know um, and I think you're located in a great place as well, like in, in con comparison to the Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island area. Right, so right. like I'm I'm excited to work with you, too, because it was it was just joyful that it, it wasn't work. Right. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was play. You yeah, know, like we yeah. were just making we were making music. It was it was such a blessing. It was such a it was a high. It was a beautiful experience for everyone that was there. So um, I thank you for that. And I'm so glad we got to do this, too. Yes. And yes. you let me know anytime, okay? I'm, All right. I'm available. That's what's <laughs> up. That's what's up. Oh, man. Again, I, I thank you for taking out the time. I thank you for, I just thank you for, 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 for sharing and being as candid as you were. Um, thank you. Yeah. It was my pleasure. It, 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 it was my pleasure. And I, I look forward to continuing to connect. Thank you so much. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, I'd like to thank everybody that's tuning in. Uh, it's, when this airs, it's actually going to be 2022. It's a new year, y'all. So, we made it. Yes, we yes. Made it. <laughs> we made it. So it's been a crazy year. Oh my goodness, has it? But yo, make make 2022 all that it can possibly be. Um, yes. Take these wisdom wisdom nuggets, whatever applies to you. Our prayer is that God uses something said here to speak to you directly. Um, yes. Please remember yeah. to share, follow, uh, subscribe so that the next one, the next episode, you're in on that one as well. Uh, yes. And, and with that, I mean, I, again, thank you again. Make this year the best year. Make this year the best year you could possibly make it. Um, again, we're going to end with a Words for Life track. I'm already thinking of the one. Um, it's a Words for Life track that uh, Levite Music, my company, has produced. It's called Purpose. So mm -hmm. stay tuned. That's coming on right now after this. Um, and hey, again, we thank you. And with that, we're out. Let me make this very clear. Do you want to understand purpose right now? Everybody in this room will walk out of here knowing what purpose is. But I'm about to drop on you right now. When Jesus turned 12 years old, his parents took him to Passover and they somehow lost sight of Jesus. When they went to go find him, these are the words that came out of his mouth. The words were, uh, wish ye not that I should be about my father's business. Jesus knew from day one what his purpose was in life. We're teaching our children that purpose is being financially secure and obtaining the American dream. Go to the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's trying to even figure out, should I even go forward with the mission for my life? Should I even go forward? Did he not ask the question? He says, if it's possible, let's not, let's not water this thing down. He was trying to figure out, hey, dude, is this thing worth it? Jesus felt that way. And, and who did he go to? He went to his father. And then, what were his words? Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. But no, who, notice who he's dealing with. He ain't dealing with his parents. He's not talking to his pastor. He's saying, father, 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 father. See, we've been told all our lives. He loves me. He died for me. He, he came down here for me. Yes, he did. But what got Jesus through in life was not you. 
Now that upsets somebody in here. Jesus loves me this. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he loves you. He loves you so much. But know this, what got him through was not his love for you. I mean, let's be real for a minute. Now I'm an ex, I'm an ex porn addict. Okay? So let's let's just let's just take off all the masks right now. Just be honest in here. Now all of us have something in our lives that we're ashamed of. All of us have come out of something. But know this, can you imagine being Jesus looking 2,000 years in advance, looking at my life, looking at your life, and using that as motivation to go forward? Forward, 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 forward. And see, I'm trying to make a bigger point here. Most of us, our lives, in terms of purpose, are driven by other people. Jesus was not driven by people. What was he driven by? John 8, verse 29. Here it goes. Are y'all ready? What drove Jesus? For I always do those things that please him. That please him. That please him. Ain't enough to come in here and just enjoy good sermon. Ain't enough just to come in here and lift holy hands. Ain't enough to sing in a praise team. Ain't enough to shout and enjoy church and do nothing when you leave. What we've got to find out is what is it that I'm here for? The first thing you need to discover is you live your life to please him. So how do I discover what I'm here for? First, you got to talk to him. You got to get in the word. Jesus' steady line of connection was his father. Many of us associate purpose with a profession. I'm a physician, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, I'm a pastor. My purpose is not to be a pastor. Because if I lose my job, does that mean I've lost my purpose? My purpose is not to preach. Because if God takes my voice, does that mean I no longer have any value? Your purpose is not just to sing. Because if you can't sing no more, then what? We have one purpose in life. That's to obey him. Simple as this. When God tells you to do something, obey that. And then, as God is leading you in obedience, he will reveal other things.